Good evening, today's daf is daf Yud Gimel. We are going to begin by Gufa. It's four lines from the top on daf Yud Gimel, Man Aleph, Gufa. Now the Gemara is going to focus now, Gufa, it's going to focus on the text we said before concerning, we said, that a person who steals another person's property and now takes a false oath denying that he stole the other person's property. So that the halach is that he's obligated to bring a carbon asham, and the Pasuk says that umala mal ba'ashem. And the Pasuk says that he commits a trespass against Hashem. And then the Pasuk says, And he denied it. Now, this Pasuk is not speaking about a carbon. It's speaking about when somebody steals and the guy denies it. So the halacha is, Teirah says, He commits a trespass against Hashem. And he deals falsely with his neighbor. So, what's, what, this we spoke about yesterday. What will be something you call a mola mal ba'ashem, but... Um, he has to pay. He has to, He has an obligation to bring a carbon ashram. So the halacha. So the Gemara says, "This um, comes to this pasuk comes to include a case where a person denies having a possession of what of kachim kalim, that which, uh, which, as we said yesterday, are the property of their owners, and they are included in the pasuk of echiches ba'misei. So how can it be?" At the same time, is Kachim Kalim, which is This comes to include the, he says that the, and Anagrashi says he's not arguing, he's just adding, this comes to include the Korban Shlomim. Anagrashi said this only with regards to the Korban firstborn offering. Amar Mar, we learned in a brisa. Ben Azi Eimer, Ben Azi says that Amar Mar, Ben Azi Eimer, the rabbis are shlamim. Says it's coming to include the carbon shlamim. So the Gemara asks, the cheder that Ben Azi's interpretation is limiting. You're saying that it's the rabbis are shlamim. So for the Gemara lemutimai, what's it coming to exclude? So he says like this: Ilem lemutibichet. If you're coming to exclude a firstborn carbon, <coughs> because he holds that a firstborn is not the property of a kain. So the you could say the the kedusha of a of a becher offering is a lesser kedusha than that of a shlamim. He says this: If the carbon shlamim, which by the case of the peace offering, which has a higher degree of kedusha, such that they require placing hands on the head of the carbon and are accompanied by wine and the waving of the chazevishek of the breast and the right uh, leg by the kain and the owner together. Amris, rather, what, what do you say over there, Mum and Bailam, who? You say that even though it has a higher degree of Kedusha, you're still saying that Shlomim is a Mum Bailam. So, Bechid Miboy, is it necessary to say that our firstborn offering, of which these halachas do not apply, that the Kain has ownership of it? Uh, certainly not, because it has a lesser degree. So, of course, it's Mum and Bailam. Alam Rav Yechlan. Rebekhlin says, the Muti Meiser, and as I mentioned, Shlomim in order to exclude an animal um, of Meiser. In other words, we know every tenth animal of a person's flock that is designated as a carbon for those animals, and it's, uh, it's, uh, you bring it as a carbon, it has a lesser degree of Kedusha. Of, it's, uh, it has a lesser degree of Kedusha. So animal Meisers are excluded because Menazi holds that an animal of a miser is not the property of the owner of the actual flock. 
Because the Tanya we learned in Abraisa, with regards to the firstborn offering, it says, you shall not redeem, which is mashma that the owner can never fully redeem the carbon, taking away the Kedusha. Now, and the Bechir offering can be sold when it's unblemished. It can be sold when it's unblemished and alive. Or when it's a, a, a blemished, and alive or blemished and it's slaughtered. With regards to the animal of a miser, Pasuk says it shall not be redeemed, which is mashma that one who designated it can never fully redeem an animal, thereby removing its kedusha. And the animal cannot be sold nor when it's alive nor when it's shechted. The fact that the sale of an animal offering is invalid, it's mashma that it is not the property of the one who designated it. Ravina, Masnala, Sefer Ravina taught this with regards to the last case of the Brisa. He says, Ben Azi said this only in regards to the first ben offering. So the Gemara asks, In this interpretation of the phrase, which is eliminating the reference to the Bechir, to excluding what? If you're coming to exclude the Shlomim, because he holds, they are not the property of the one who was marked the shit. So you could say that, which is holy from the second it emerges. And it's nevertheless considered his property. So says it's coming. in this study is coming to exclude the animal of Meiser. Animal Meiser are excluded because Abiyasim in this study holds that animal offering is not the property of the owner of the flock. With regards to Abiyasim, says you shall not redeem, which is Mashmara, that the owner can never fully redeem the carbon. We have this already. Now, the fact that the sale of an animal carbon, animal miser offering is invalid, that demonstrates that it's not the property of the one who designated it. Now, so the Gemara asks, But as he said, that only with regard to the first one offering. So the Gemara says, Kashra now, the Gemara now cites uh, an alternative explanation of the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah mean when it says that one is higher for the damage caused to property of which we want to use it for um, mundane purpose? One would not be higher for the Mishnah. Now, what is it? It is uh, the Hadith. And let the Mishnah teach explicitly that one is higher only for damage caused by property of a Hadith. Now, with regards to the case of an animal that was um, to cover shlamim, it was it was uh, consecrated as a cover shlamim. What happened? It caused damage. So the halacha is goyvim ibsarin. The injured party collects damage from the meat. In other words, from the portion of the offering that would have been eaten by its owners. Why? Because this is in accordance with the general halacha that the payment for damage caused by atam is collected exclusively from the proceeds of the sale of the body of the ox and not from an, any other property of the owner. So this shlamim that damaged, um, how do you collect from it is but it does not collect the damage from the sacrificial portion. So the Mara says, isn't this obvious that one collects exclusively from the meat portion isn't it obvious that one collects exclusively from the meat portion and not from the uh, sacrificial portion? 
as those are to be offered to Hashem. So the more answers, it's not necessary for Abba to teach teach this. Now, it's not, it's, it's, it's necessary for Abba to teach that there is no collection from the owner of meat's portion corresponding to the Emurim. Payment for damage caused by a tam animal is half of the amount of the damage and can be no more than the value of the animal itself. So Rabbi Abba is teaching that when assessing the damage to, to determine the amount to be paid, one deems the owner responsible only according to his share of the animal, which means the meat portion in relation to the animal as a whole. So the Gemara says, Ali Bidaman, according to whose opinions does Abba state this? E Ali if it's according to how Rabbanan Pshita, it's obvious. Because didn't the Chacham say whenever, for whatever reason, the full cost of the damage cannot be recovered from this party, it's not recovered from the party, from that party, even though the injured party suffered the loss of the full value of his animal and recovered only half of its value from the owner of the ox. He may not demand the remaining sum of the owner in its pit. So too, in this case, when the injured party cannot collect damages from the portion, he cannot recover the loss from the meat portions of the one who brought the offering. He said that wherever the full cost of the damage cannot be recovered from this one, it cannot be recovered from that one. Since the owner of the ox pays only a quarter of the damage, the remaining sum can be recovered from the owner of the pit. So too, in this case, since the injured party cannot collect payment from the carbon portion, he should be able to recover that loss from the meat portions of the one who brought the offering in contrast to the ruling of Rabbi Abba. You could say either or. You could say this according to the Chachamim, and you would say that this that applies only when the damage is caused by two bodies, such as an ox and a, and a bed. But where the damage is caused by one body, as in the case of the damaged animal, by an animal, like, like we say, the 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 ones that belongs to the base of Miglash is one, so Mikol Mishtalmi. From anywhere that I want to, I will recover my losses. And accordingly, the injured party could collect the full cost of the damage from the meat portions of the one who brought the carbon. Therefore, it's necessary for Abba to teach that this is not Talacha. Or I could say it's Because it's only there that the owner of the damaged ox can say to the owner of the pit, um, Since I found my ox in your pit, Ultimately, you bear the responsibility of any damage, and therefore, and therefore, whatever I cannot recover from the other one, the owner of the ox, I will recover from you. But here, in the case of the damage caused by an animal, can one say, is the injured party actually able to say only the meat of the animal caused damage but not the carbon portion did not cause damage since the entire animal caused the damage? He does not collect the full cost of the damage from the meat portion of the one who brought the carbon. Okay, Omar Rav, Rav says, in the case of a Thanksgiving carbon that caused damage, and the injured party collects damages from its meat in other words, from the portion of the carbon that would have been eaten by the one who brought the carbon. But he does not collect from its bread, 
from the offering of the 40 loaves of bread that accompanies the carbon uh, of the animal. So Mark says, Lechem, shit, it's obvious that the, it does not collect from the bread. The bread is not part of the animal that caused damage. So my answer is safe for It's necessary for the Rav to state this because of the latter clause of the ruling. The injured party eats the meat portion of the offering according to the value of the damage owned to him. Maybe Lechem, but the one achieving atonement, the one bringing the carbon, brings the bread. This is obvious. Why should anyone else bring the bread? So the more answer is, you would think, um, since the bread is a necessary, necessary qualifying factor for the Thanksgiving offering, as without it, one does not fulfill a person's obligation. So let the owner of the offering say to the one eating it, um, why should you eat the meat? And you bring the bread. If you wish to eat, you should bring the bread. Therefore, it teaches us that the offering of the lechem is the obligation of the owners of the offering. Now, the Mishnah said that one is chayv only for damage caused to nechosim shehin shel bris, property that belongs to members of the covenant. What does it come to exclude? If it comes to exclude the property of a goy, we have this already uh, later on. The Mishnah says, If a Yiddish ox, quarter goy, ox, it's a putter. So the Gemara answer is, The Tana teaches this as a principle in the Mishnah and, the, and then explains in the greater detail the Mishnah. Now the Mishnah continues, One is chayv only for assigned property. So the Gemara says, What does it come to exclude? Uh, this clause serves to exclude the case which the animal is injured but is unclear which two oxen owned by the different person caused the damage. This one says that your ox died. This one says your ox died, uh, damaged. Since it cannot be proven which ox actually damaged, neither owner is chayev. The intention of the mission is that one is liable only when the ox is assigned to it. It's known to be the property of a specific individual. We already learned this uh, later on. If two oxen were seen pursuing a single ox, and then the single ox is found to be injured, so the owner of this ox says, it was your ox that damaged. And the other one says, it was your shirt. And they're both potter. Why? Because it's uncertain which one is taki guilty. So my answer is, that, that we're explaining it over here in, in greater detail. The explanation of the Mishnah says, Prat serves to exclude ownerless property. What are the circumstances in which the Mishnah teaches that one is exempt? If we say it's referring to a case where the ox belonged to us, to a yid, quartered an ownerless ox, it's obvious that the owner bears no, no liability. Because who is claiming damages from him? Rather, an ownerless ox quartered in an ox belonging to us. And it teaches us the injured party does not have the right to damage. So the Gemara asks, what's the point of this halacha? If the injured party wishes to recover his losses, lazy velasi, let him go and take the, the ox uh, himself. So it's hefker. So the Gemara says, We're talking about a case where, there, where another person preceded him and acquired it. The injured party has no claim to it. Ravina Muravina says, We're talking about a case where he gored and then he became hektish. Or he gored and then he became hefker. If he gored and then he became hektish, 
Or In other words, the Pasuk says, and he had been forewarned with his owner, which means that unless the ox's status of the owner is property at the same time of death of the victim, at the same time of the owner is standing trial at the same time, in other words, the ox is owned by a responsible party for both events. But do we not also require that the ox status be the same at the time of the verdict? The ox shall be stoned, but my din who the custom is written with regard to the time of the verdict. Elaim, or rather say, rather say that the owner of the ox is, is putter, unless the ox status as the owner's property at the same time of the death of the victim, at the same time of the owner standing trial, that the verdict is the same. In other words, the ox is owned by a responsible party of all three events. Okay. The Mishnah teaches that one is higher for damage caused by any place except for a domain designated exclusively for the use of the one who is responsible for the damage. The Amar Lei, the Gemara says, because the one higher for the damage can say to the injured party, what did your ox want in my domain? One does not have to guard his ox from causing damage within his own property since another person's animal has no right to be there. Mishnah continues, and one is higher for damage caused in a domain designated for the joint use of the injured party and the one liable for the damage. Now, the Gemara cites a machlaikis concerning the case that results in two different ways of interpreting the Mishnah. So he says like this, he says in the case of which means that a courtyard designated for the joint use of two partners so either one of them is higher for damage caused by the ox of one partner to the property of another partner while in it uh, for the category of Shane and Regal this is what it means this is what it means that except for a domain designated exclusively for the use of one responsible for the damage but in the domain designated for the joint use of the injured party and the one responsible for the damage, when he causes damage, the one who is responsible for the damage is obligated to pay the damage. A statement in the Mishnah concerning a domain designated for joint use is the beginning of the following case and introduces a case in which one is higher for damage. Now, Rabbi Lazar Omar, Rabbi Lazar says, Part Hashem in the Beisdin designated for joint use, one, sorry, in a courtyard designated for joint use, one is putter for one's ox causing damage to the property of his partner. In the case of Shane coming to exclude and include Karen. So Mar says, Honey this works according very well to Shmuel, who holds that Karen is not an Av. Then the one Liable for the damage is obligated to pay damage. What's it coming to include? When an animal or item one is responsible to safeguard causes damage, the one liable for the damage caused by insufficiently safeguarding it is Lahavi, All these cases, which the animal and ox caused damage while it's in their possession. Tom, in the case of Tom, and if it's a Belilah, but if the ox was safely um, um, damaged, he is potter.